0: Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm
1: Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James, one of your other hosts. Okay. Just leaving space for my last name if I decide to go back and put sure. it in my post. It's, you know, okay, keep going, keep going. Uh, on this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time, but we are not doing it alone, Colin.
0: No, we're not. And, you know, I want to say, before we bring our guest in... Okay. I, I want our guests to understand that like, this is something that happens from time to time where James takes something from before recording and puts it in the recording. And then I go, I don't know what to do
1: with This that. is cl- obviously a brand new thing, a new concept right. to introduce concept. to Daniel Spencer, uh, my co-host on Frankenstein's Jukebox. Daniel, See, welcome okay. back. That's Hello. so funny
0: because I was going to do the same thing that you just said, but not say the last name. Last I'm name. Kidding. Just because you had just not said your last name.
1: Right. Yeah, That's yeah. hilarious. To me, at least. Maybe yeah, not no, to no. anyone else. No, no, no. Last names are funny.
2: Last names For are funny. Because sure. it's like... I know someone who has a last name Wild Goose. I know
1: someone who has a last name Shrapnel. His first name is Lex. We've, yeah. We
0: don't physically know him, but like we know of him as well. I know, I know
2: someone who's got some shrapnel in his legs.
1: Do you call him Legs Shrapnel? I call him Granddad.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my God.
1: cool yeah
0: okay you know what i'm i'm gonna call i'm i'm gonna call it here i physically i can't handle this one we're gonna have to start (laughs) this from scratch welcome to timeline scavengers the (laughs) podcast specifically designed to last forever i'm colin parker one of your
1: hosts i am james anderson i've never seen colin pull the ripcord before that is wild I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this podcast, we're going through the MCU for the very first time in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. And once again, this is the first time that, that we're saying this.
0: I don't know what happened, but my brain said, I don't know how to get out of this bit into the rest of the episode, so I just have to start from scratch, and we're just going to have to go from there. And since we're starting from scratch, we have not introduced our guest, who is Daniel Spencer. Hello. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello, I am happy to be here.
0: Uh, I am so glad, though, that we pulled the ripcord, because uh, speaking of parachutes, today we are going to see a brand new costume that looks like it's partially mm. made of a parachute, uh, like it, a parachuter's got it, got it. uniform. It's weirdly slightly bulky. It's it's odd. It works, but it's it's bulky and it's weird. Uh, And I want to spend the entire first 10 minutes of the show talking about this new outfit. Great. Uh, So what we see. No. Okay. I'm just kidding about that. Maybe 20 seconds. Um, Anyone before we even talk about the scene, what are our thoughts on the difference between, you know, prison break Steve outfit versus, Hey, we've got a new costume design for you.
1: I like it. Um, I think that it's, it's sort of a new, like you know, it's a new look for nineteen forty four. Kind of, it's like you know, spring. It's like the spring line. Uh, I don't know why his shield's <laughs> already dented, but uh, okay. He's been practicing, right? But it's it's vibranium. Is it why? Dented
0: or is it, it? Or is it just scratched?
1: Maybe it just has like bone on it. Bone? Just like bone stuck to it. Bone stuck to it. I yeah, now have to
0: go pull with this it. up. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, it leaves something behind short. Probably sure. get
2: some bone chunks on yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Gross. Steve Grody. Bone Chunks Rogers, he says, please, Captain America, please don't make bone chunks stick. And they said, don't, too late.
2: Sorry, bone, bone chunks.
1: chunks are already sticking to your shield.
2: Uh,
0: Clever. Yeah, I, I think that what you're seeing or at least what I've been seeing is that it has been welcome to timeline scavengers, (laughs) a podcast specifically designed to last forever on this show. We're talking about how they've painted the shield. And I believe it's the paint that has been scratched off.
1: So do they get Um, vibranium paint later or what?
0: I don't know. Yeah. See, that's the thing that I don't understand. I think that it's more of like, they eventually like, somehow like permanently stained the metal you know what i mean because like in in this one and also actually in the second movie the paint job on the shield is like imperfect in both films but from then on it's like spotless it's like it's always pristine until it shatters but it's neither here nor there i guess the new adventures of
1: old pristine so.
0: oh well thank you so much for joining us what a <laughs> wild time to be ending the episode no okay all right listen i this has been a weird a weird transition here but there's some weird there's some weird
2: but great energy
1: in when, the studio today yes. when was the last time either of you heard a new adventures of old christine pun
2: can I be
0: honest I don't think ever I think this is my first but I also was like eh
2: I know I've heard one before, or at least a a reference made in a joking way. Was it from James? Right. I don't think so, actually.
1: Okay. That's fascinating to me. Good. Good. Cool. Colin, what else you got for us?
2: (laughs) Okay. What I have for you is I have a
0: scene that is about two minutes long from Captain America, the first Avenger, and it's from one hour and 19 minutes and nine seconds. Until 1 hour, 21 minutes, and 12 seconds. I love this sequence very much, actually. Mm. Uh, We start with Steve grabbing his loadout like it's a game of COD. uh, And possibly the best shot of Steve putting the shield on his back. To me, it's a perfect shot. And then we get a shot that's almost akin to his propaganda films. Where they burst through a door firing their weapons. With James Fallsworth Bucky, Captain Steve Rogers, Triple D, and uh, Gabe Jones in a V formation, with Jim Marita bringing up the rear for cover. Then Steve picks up the shield and begins his dismantling of their first Hydra base. Yes, James.
1: Call of Duty. I got it. I had to write ah, it down. Okay. I had to write it down, uh, but uh, I got it.
0: I knew. I knew you had a question. I was like, I've, I assume we'll get to it as, in a bit, but like, I wasn't sure what you were questioning. I was yeah, like,
1: I was writing nice. it down, and then I realized what you meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when they have to pack up Jackson Brown at the beginning of the game of Call of Duty. That's a loadout reference. It's the last track on uh, Running on the a good song. <laughs> good.
0: Go ahead. Uh, You're just, you're really, you got a lot of them today, which is great.
1: Uh, Didn't get a lot of soup last it's, night. You
0: know guys, what? It's so. a montage of references, I feel like. Here. Yeah. There um, we go. So uh, what happens, though? That's a good though, way to justify it is uh, so he, we see them dismantling their first base. He takes out a couple of Hydra agents and we see the howling commandos rushing out. Steve jumps out of the base on his motorcycle as it explodes. The Red Skull arrives to find the ashes and remains of his former base, which angers him. I mean, I, I would imagine. Sure. I, if I pulled up to my house and it was like rubble and smoke and fire, I think I'd be like, okay, that sucks.
1: It's not great. Um, I don't love this. Yeah. right. Yeah. At least I have my I, car though. Yeah,
2: that's true. You're like,
0: I still had something in the fridge that I was going to eat tonight for dinner, and I'm bummed that's gone now. I was uh, so
2: looking forward to those pizza rolls.
0: Uh, and there was a leftover slice of cheesecake. Ah, uh, was going to char broil them. Well, actually. Uh, oh, they're actually perfectly cooked. Wow, perfect it's for me. It's uh, so Oh, we my cut God, to the, the war- inside's so hot. Ouchie, 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 ouchie. We cut to the war room to see them moving the first Hydra base marker off of the map. Then later, Cap, the Howland Commandos, and what I'm assuming is the rest of the 107th, are seen making their way through a foggy, snow-covered forest. Cap is a few steps forward to scout ahead when he suddenly turns and throws his shield, knocking a Hydra agent out of a tree. The shield, which was thrown with precision, clumsily falls back to Cap, who barely catches it and puts it back on his arm. We then see the crew running through a new forest, firing their weapons and blowing up some trucks. Jim Morita whistles, and uh, Jacques, De- how do you say his last name?
1: Dernier. Dernier. Dernier.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not a French speaker, so I'm always Dernier. like, Dernier. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Jacques,
0: Jacques is, Jacques is, all oh, right, no. Jackie um, Dernier. Yeah. Uh, Jacques we'll De- Dernier, well, Dernier, yeah, uh, rushes through the woods and quickly lies on the ground before the tank can see him. As it passes over him, he attaches an explosive, and as it goes fully past him, he stands up, gives a signal to blow it up by pulling on his ears, which is a fun little thing. The tank is then destroyed. Back on base, footage from the field has arrived and SSR and Army commanders are watching. In the clip that they see, the commandos are planning their next attack. The cameraman gets a close-up of Steve as he checks his compass. In the top of that compass is a picture of Peggy that he's cut out. When he notices that he... Sorry, when he notices this, he quickly closes it and looks really annoyed. Um... Phillips actually smiles, which is very (laughs) fun, uh, because we know he's actually really, at the end of the day, he's a proud papa who just likes looking tough. uh, And he kind of checks on Peggy, who is very flustered. He smiles again. He's like, oh, this is cute. He knows his protege and his best soldier are totally a thing, and he's happy for them. As Peggy looks nervous, we see Steve also nervous about the fact that she might see that. And in fact, she clearly has. Uh, and this th- this is the end of the montage here. Uh, cut to Cap in the crosshairs. The crosshair moves up to see a Hydra agent taking aim at Steve. We zoom out to see that it's Bucky uh, holding the gun, and he shoots the Hydra agent. Steve turns, sees the fallen uh, agent, and then gives Bucky a salute as a thank you. A very famous clip that's used as a gif all the time on the internet now. Uh, Peggy removes one more base from the map. We have a couple quick cuts of Steve leaping, fighting, and throwing the shield, showing the passing of time and his fast improvements in the field. The montage ends as he uses the shield to break open the top of a Hydra Uber tank, remove the Hydra agent, catch a live explosive from Falsworth, and then leap off of the Uber tank in slow motion as it explodes. To be clear, it's slow motion for us. For him, it was real time. Very quick, Um, yes, yes. yes. I realize that, that makes it seem like somehow the explosion made him move super slow. No, but it's like, it's just dramatic, you know? Right. Uh, And that is the montage. Uh, Questions, comments, concerns from uh, my fellow guest and host.
2: I love this scene. Uh, It's great. It's just like a good, fun montage of, you know, bad guys getting got and seeing the, you know, the growth and uh, coherence and cohesion of of the team,
1: like it's just fun. It's yeah. just good fun. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, as we mentioned uh, in the last episode with uh, uh, Captain Carter, 1944 is of course the year of the montage. Uh, so this is the live action version. Uh, mm-hmm. The two things, I well, three things. I this is a scene that. I kept being like, oh, is it over? No, it keeps going. Yay! I love scenes like that. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, the entirety of the show Sherlock for me was, was that feeling all the time, where I was like, oh man, we're done. No, there's still 45 more minutes, yay! That was uh, my experience with that. So number two is when Dernier uh, goes underneath the tank and plants the bomb, listen, I'm a bigger fella in all sorts of different ways, did not enjoy putting myself in the place of that, getting underneath there and not getting run over by the fast-moving tank. But uh, Dernier does it with style and grace that belies his grumpy-looking face. So, oh, a little rhyme there. Very good. Um, uh, and then number three is that... Oh, Falsworth throws that, that explosive belt or whatever up so melodramatically, like he leaps and like does like a like tosses it up like like have they just removed it from someone and it's about to explode? Is that something I missed?
0: I think uh I think that it's more like it is filled with some form of explosive and he probably ripped like because uh, like sometimes in some of these clips, you'll see that they'll like tie pins together on sure. things. Sure. And then, throw. I think that it the dramaticism here is that it's probably actually very heavy. And so for him to get it up to him is like a real feat. And then Cap is okay. just like swings okay. it, like catches it, and swings it straight down as if it's nothing, which I think is also very funny to be like, yeah. eh, like like a little kid trying so hard and a parent yeah. who's like, like playing catch with a kid where like yeah. a kid can barely get it and the parents like this is easy. Like yeah, no, exactly. No, and then no you problem.
1: throw it back to the kid and you just drill them into the ground. <laughs> Listen,
0: there are TikToks like that, and it are very funny. Like, I know that there are some people who probably are upset when they see kids just absolutely eat it uh, and things like that. And I'm sure that if it was my kid, I'd be like, oh, no. But like, it is pretty funny to watch a kid just get obliterated sometimes.
1: Here's here's a take that I didn't realize I had. I think there should be more footage of uh, kids (laughs) falling down and getting hit with stuff because i think that there's a national societal thing where people are like oh no kids they're made of eggshells they're not they fall down all the time i was just having this
2: conversation with one of my coworkers that like when i was a kid i could you know twist my ankle weird Mm -hmm. or fall down and hit my head and just bounce right back up from it same i sprained my ankle in february and it I'm we're recording this in June, and it still has not like my ankle yeah. is still not back to back to standard. So
0: I have um two or not really two, but i' have, I have two things to give some facts on that. I just thought were interesting about the sequence here. Yeah, um, and then I have another question, and I'll just you know, whittle everything down as I see fit, I guess. Um so mm-hmm. let me just give you this info real quick because I think these two things are fascinating. So the tank that we see, right? Uh, them, not the one that Dernier uh, gets under, right. but I'm talking about the one that uh, Fallsworth has to throw the thing up really right. high yeah, for yeah. Captain Rogers to catch and throw in. Yeah. Um, so, I feel like part of the thing is that like when you first see that shot, it looks like it's not that big of a of a throw until he's jumping off of it, and then you kind of get the scope and understand why he had to really really launch it up there. Uh, because what he jumps off of and what they blow up there is called an, a Hydra Uber tank. Uh, in, in a deleted scene from Captain America the First Avenger, the tank fires at regular German troops before it captures the future right. Howling Commandos, which is fun. Um, the tank also appears in one of the trailers for the video game for Captain America Super Soldier, uh, but not in the game itself. Um, and then the <laughs> tank is pr- uh, partially based on the Land Cruiser, which is I mean, I, I had to say funny name um, uh, in, Christof, me in the Christopher Marcus and Stephen uh, McFeely's first draft of the Captain America script, the tank was called the Land Cruiser. Um, but yeah, like K-R-E-U-Z-E-R.
1: Oh, Cruiser.
2: Land cruiser. Oh. Uh, so yeah,
0: that's why I think it's funny. Uh, then also for the Howland Commandos, this is an interesting thing about the montage sequence. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's version of the Howling Commandos shares traits with the Invaders, which is a World War II superhero group that was led by Captain America and included James Barnes and James Montgomery Fallsworth among their ranks. We have Oops, talked about James this groups. group. Yeah. Oh, it's very true. They called um, them the
1: Jim Vaders, but that didn't really catch on.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to just move past that one. Uh, but that is something that we've, we've mentioned this group before, but like, it's interesting that like this is something that still is relevant in the non-canon video game, Captain America, super soldier, the howling commandos are called the invaders. Mm. Um, and they were also called the invaders in Christopher Marcus and uh, Stephen McNeely's first draft of the Captain America, the first Avenger script. Uh, but it got changed later on. I think it's because uh, invaders, I think seems to make sense during the time of world war II, But I think now in this day, like I feel like it, right. it felt like weird to, for us to, be called the invaders right sorry let me try this again it then made it seem almost like they were could be the bad guys yeah i feel like invader is a harsh term
1: nowadays you yeah. know?
0: so i think that they went for the name that sounded like again like okay they're they're bravado there's you know, the howling commandos you know so that's what they went for um so those are my little facts about that and then uh, i have a question for both of you so one of the notes that I had made for this sequence, uh, like a long time ago, and had even actually forgotten what I meant and had to ask James what I had said about it. Uh, but the fascinating thing about this scene is that throughout the sequence, throughout the montage, we see Cap learns how to use the shield. Um, and what I mean by that is is he learns how to use it in a totally different way than I think he initially was using it, especially with uh, his first shield that did not really throw or you could throw, but once, right? Um, as he got this totally new type of metal, uh, it had different properties. It had different capabilities. Uh, he clearly starts to figure things out because he is a smart guy. Uh, he's not like a Howard Stark, but he he's clever. He's brilliant, right? Um, and so I think it's fun that like throughout the montage, you see his shieldsmanship gets stronger and stronger so what i mean by that is specifically at first he's using it just to block uh and sometimes just leaving it on and using it so that when he backhands someone it's like clang right uh then eventually he does throw it but it's fun that when he throws it and hits that guy in the tree it like you know uh what are they what are they what's that called in football when you throw a football that doesn't spiral perfectly it's like it's called like a lazy duck or something it's duck? just
2: throwing up a duck
0: that might be. Um, so it, so when it hits, it then comes back and it's like kind of flopping over, like as if it's like you're flipping a coin versus spinning. So it kind of flips back to him and he barely kind of catches the tip of it and then has to, you know, manually put it back down as opposed to just, you know, grab it completely normally. Um, and then by the end, he's, you know, tossing it and having it come back to him uh, with, you know, without having to really think about it. Um, we'll see it again later where he'll actively like notice someone further down and he'll throw it so that it bounces off like three things before it hits the guy and then comes back to him, you know, so he's clearly getting better with it. And I think that's one of the most fun things about the montage is that like not only are they taking on these other forces, but like he's yeah. just getting he's like he's becoming Captain America yeah. like 100 percent or like perhaps m- more like a peak Captain America. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just sort of fun to watch that progress. So I have a uh, a question for everybody, uh, and that is, in your life, uh, or rather, sorry, if there was going to be a movie about your life up until, let's say, this exact point, what would be in the montage of showing how you got to be where you are today?
1: I I do have an answer. Uh, It is podcasting. Um, Thinking back to when I first started podcasting, I had, I don't think I have it this the stupidest cheapest little mic that you ever Mm -hmm. did see that didn't really work all the time and i would hold it it was not meant to be held it was all this stuff and then the 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 montage would be of me gradually getting better and better and better and there would be need to there need to be some condensation of the years i went doing my countdown show with little to no feedback but you know, then I get uh, going with Aaron and all the, you know, during the scavenger network and, and getting better and better. And actually like this microphone that I have right here sort of represents sort of like where I am now, which is accepting help from others, taking notes about like you could make this better, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then, you know, working with, uh, with two of the greatest podcasting co-hosts in all of uh, this call. Uh, and I really mean that. Thank you. But yeah, so I think that like podcasting is, is a big, a big improvement, uh, over the course of, uh, 12 years now. Um, yeah. I like that.
2: Uh, I've got a couple of different things that came to mind. I mean, there was a period of my life where I was brewing, like I was home brewing, uh, beer very frequently. It's like the thing that I did, best I would say for a very long time Um, and I still have like a lot of knowledge around it and uh, like it would get to the point where every week we would be bottling one beer moving one from secondary fermentation into the keg moving one from primary into secondary and then brewing one to put into primary Uh, and like our consistency was fantastic we were putting out really good stuff and I feel like that would be a really fun montage to watch. But I also haven't brewed like haven't home brewed in like 4 years, maybe a little more. Um met so me and stopped brewing forever. Uh <laughs> I think what's maybe more applicable is a montage of me and my mid to late 20s slowly like putting my weirdness more and more out there and embracing uh just like embracing myself more and like i've got a bunch of novelty suits that i like to wear and like times when i would wear those to work and Times when I would do goofy things that I know most people would be like, "What are you doing?" But like finding the people who appreciate that, uh, and like letting them build that up in me, letting and me building that up in them, and just like finding comfortability with who I am. I think that would be the the montage that
1: would be the most um, meaningful to me. Oh my God. Okay. So the montage would be inner's cut with you putting on one of the novelty suits. So it'd be like montage, 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 like, and then like just sort of really close up like Batman style. And then it would end with you coming through the door, looking like you do like a bajillion bucks in any suit you wear, which is true, but it would be like, you know, one of your amazing, no one else could pull it off suits. Uh, Just looking like a complete badass. I I love that montage. I can see it in my head.
0: Thank you. I agree with that as well. I'm going to wait for this train to go by, and then I'm going to tell you my montage. One moment.
1: While while you wait, I just want to... The novelization lists the locations of each beat of the montage.
0: I was going to ask that, actually. I completely forgot, because one of them, they specifically state like in part of the MCU wiki that one of them is a Greek... Yeah. Uh, base and I was like, that is not mentioned or shown in any way.
1: Yeah, it's like
0: in the so fascinating.
1: That's the one where Dernier blows the blows the tank mm. up. It goes uh, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Greece, and then Germany. Uh, for for those, I think there's actually a couple more that we see because right. they don't talk about Bucky at all. I did a search to see if cruiser or invaders was in this novelization and neither of them are there. So the, oh, the script had changed before, uh, right. Before they got, got it. There. Right. Cause yeah. that
0: was just the first draft. I think where those things were right. in there. So, yeah. uh, okay. So my montage, I yes. think I, I have, I think potentially to, um, that could be done. I think one of them is just in general, like my ability to kind of like you were saying, I like to embrace myself and also to do, content essentially in general like i think that there would be an interesting thing to show uh like starting off just a couple very brief moments of like my like theater life where i very clearly was like i like what's happening here but it's not quite right like it's not perfect for me and part of it is that like you know when i do actual plays i do enjoy being other characters and being other people um but for me i don't think i could do that exclusively because part of it for me is getting to be me when I perform, which is why I liked being in a band because I was going out there and instead of performing and singing as, you know, um, Mr. Mr. Mushnick in uh, Little Shop of Horrors uh, where I did shave just the top of my head so I looked a lot like my dad. um, So I had hair just on the sides and nothing on top. uh, Like going from that to then being in a band where I could get out there and like, you know, whether it was with a bass or a guitar or whatever, just sing and like be me. Uh, But then I did also have a vocal injury. And so like I, you know, did a bunch of other things like and like my life kind of went in a different way. So I had to find new things. And now I do things like podcasting and making videos, um, whether it's for YouTube or like the TikTok stuff that I do now. Like I very clearly took time to kind of figure out where my voice uh, is and then had to like find it, craft it and like just be me on the same side of that, though. But I mean, I don't know. I think though the, the montage there of like me finding myself in within that content stuff, I think is very fun. I think it's time to do a montage of social medias. What do you think?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shall I do? Yeah. Social medias. That's what you said. All right. So we, we, we come in quick on a, on a, a, a screen that says the uh, Twitter handle for this show, which is at Timeline Scav. And then it flashes away and then there's a kaboom explosion and that is replaced by the handle for our network, Scavengers Network, which is at Scavengers Net. Uh, And then that kind of like drains down in kind of like an unsettling way. And the bones that are left are Colin's handle uh, for his Twitter, which is?
0: Uh, At Bone Chunks? No, I'm kidding. It's at Colin M. Parker.
1: Hey, that was a great call. Back? Yeah. Call. Call.
0: Call and back. Lynn Parker there you go. back.
1: Call and um and then uh coming in on the wings of an eagle with like light shining down from <coughs> somewhere. I don't know. Like, is it a spotlight? Is it uh is it Valhalla? Who can tell? Is my Twitter handle, which is at unabashed James. And then that gets immediately whoosh, Blown away by a tornado, and then lightning strikes, and it's like. Whoosh, and that is uh, Daniel's uh, handle on Twitter, which is. Uh, at Dantendo64. And then everything goes black. And then it's kind of like Fantasia, where music notes kind of and they form the handle of the composer of the intro and outro music for our show uh, Nick Bermald whose uh, Twitter handle is N B-R-A-M A -A L-D which uh, is his Twitter handle and then you can also go to uh, nickbermaldcomposer.co.uk Uh, I forgot where my dots go. Uh, And that is the montage of social media handles. Uh, It's uneven and inconsistent. Timeline scavengers. As always, I am James Anderson.
0: Uh, I am at Bone Chunks is a suspended account on Twitter, Colin Parker.
1: Yep, And I'm Dan
2: Spencer. Excelsior!